This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Murph's Boston Sports Talk. I am your host, James Murphy, a.k.a. Murph, and welcome to episode 191. And I don't know about you, but I am coming in here today to sit down and talk about the Celtics game. Feeling a little relieved, but boy, was last night very, very nerve-wracking. It was um, anxiety-ridden, again, nerve-wracking. It was just... You didn't feel confident. You didn't feel safe in the game that the Celtics were going to pull it out on the road in Philadelphia against one of, if not your, well, I guess the Lakers are probably your arch rival, but at least the Sixers, you see them four times a year outside of the playoffs. Like you're going to be playing in your 11th game against this team this year. So, I mean, you know each other very well. You're very familiar with one another. And last night was just an absolute bizarre game, a game in which you didn't think the Celtics could do based off of previous performances, a game in which you think that they can do it again. They can win this way. And I'm talking about a defensive oriented style game. They held the Sixers to 22 points in the first, 21 points in the second, and 13 points in the fourth quarter. Third quarter, they the Sixers had 30, but 22, 21, and 13 points in three of four quarters that's championship winning basketball especially when you're Jason Tatum and you're one for 13 from the field midway through the fourth especially where you're Al Horford who only scored two points all night like these are the ways that you're going to win games Jalen Brown 17 points Brogdon 16 points again where was the offense coming from and listen I'm not going to say the Celtics you know, blew them out of the water because they, in their own right, had quarters of 21 points twice, and then the fourth quarter was 24. So the Sixers also played good defense. Again, they limited Tatum to 1 of 13 shooting halfway through the fourth quarter. Al Horford to 2 points. Jalen Brown, who just got announced to second team All-Pro, to 17 points. And the funny thing is, time and time and time and time again, when there's rumors brought up, it's oftentimes involving Jalen Brown, but it's also oftentimes involving Marcus Smart. And Marcus Smart was arguably, at least point-wise, but overall-wise, your best offensive player. I know Tatum, towards the end there, was the most clutch by getting all those points, um, again, in the late fourth quarters, hitting those three threes and such. But Marcus Smart had 22 points, seven rebounds, seven assists. He had the most assists on your team. He was up there in rebounds, the most points on your team, 
and he played the second most minutes, one minute shy of Jason Tatum's leading 43 minutes, where Smart played 42. And it's just like countless times. I mean, before game six, you'd, you'd hear like, oh, if the Celtics lose, you got to get rid of Marcus Smart. Oh, if the Celtics lose, you got to move on from Marcus Smart. He's going to be 30. His defense has declined, and he's just not the same player. All right, I'll, I'll give you that the defense declined in 2022-23 season, where Derek White was the only member of the Celtics to be on any of the two all-defensive um, all teams. So I'll give you credit there. But Marcus Smart is still a damn good player. And he's one that needs to be appreciated more because he can guard all five positions. He does put up some bad shots and misses, but again, he also can play offense very, very well. He's hitting some nice floaters, some layups, drawing fouls, hitting shots. He's one of the reasons why you got out to that, what was it, 16-point lead at one time, and he was one of the reasons why you were able to stay afloat even when you lost the lead and was going back and forth with the Sixers up until the time Tatum was able to start making shots. It's just the truth that a lot of Celtics fans don't want to admit. And like, are you willing to deal with some of the bad shots, some of the unnecessary flopping and such? If you're going to get good defense, 99 out of 100 games, and you're going to get some timely shots and someone who can control the team on the court, who can coast the uh, control the defense, offense, put up points, play defense, guard and beat, drive to the lane, draw fouls. Like again, all these things you want out of a player, he can do. Besides defense, offensively at least, he's a jack of all trades, master of none. He is a guy that you absolutely love to have on your team and you absolutely hate to go against. Similar players I can think of in their own right, James Harden. Uh, Draymond Green, uh, you want to switch sports, Brad Marchand, Tom Wilson. Uh, these are just all guys you love to have on your team, but you hate going up against them. Absolutely hate it. And I think as cool as the stat sheet looks for Tatum, 19 points, 9 rebounds, 6 assists. Oh, wow, that was such a good game. Look, in, look deeper into the facts. Marcus Smart was your MVP of that game. And, of course, Tatum was the most clutch. He hit the big buckets. I, I will give him credit there. But people need to appreciate Marcus Smart. He kept you afloat. He did. It's just a simple truth. And the Celtics have shown the ability to blow out the 76ers. They've shown the ability to come up short in close games. And they've also shown the ability here to win a defensive-style game. They did all three of those within the matter of six complete games. Now, what do I want to see in the in Game 7? I want to see that defensive style of game because I think your bench players will play better. That's just natural. That's organic that your bench players play better at home. But I also truly believe that our Celtics star power and just overall firepower is better than the 76ers. Like Tatum could go off for 40 points. Brown could do the same thing. Uh, Brogdon can put up 25, Smart can put up 25, White can put up 25, Rob Williams will get you 10 blocks. And yes, the Sixers have James Harden, Joel Embiid, and Tyrese Maxey who's been playing very well. But outside of that, uh, again, Embiid had 26 points, Harden had 13 points, Maxey 20, uh, Tyrese Maxey with 26 points. I had to stop it right there, you know, really suddenly because my UPS driver was knocking at my door because you know it's uh, 1130 right now he would have came back but you know he was there so I was able to grab the packages just really quickly so I don't have to worry about 
waiting for UPS to come around with some um, inventory for the shop later on. But uh, let's see, what was it? MB 26, Harden 13, Maxi 26. Everybody else had under 10 points. PJ Tucker, 8 points. Georgie's Niang, 6 points. Tobias Harris, in 42 minutes, scored 2 points. The most overrated $30 million a year player should never have gotten that contract. 2 points. 2 points. This team, the Celtics, can absolutely blow doors off the 76ers. They've done it before. But now that they've shown the ability to play a defensive style orientated game, especially where your players, your star players, Tatum, Brown, Horford, all had terrible games. They did. They really, really did. I'm not going to sit here and say Tatum had a great game when for three and a half quarters he had, what, five points or four points, whatever it was. No, I'm not going to sit here. I'm not going to have recency bias and be like, oh, wow, he had such a great game just because of what he was able to do for me down the stretch. That stretch run was great. That stretch run that he had in the fourth quarter, the end of the fourth quarter, was fantastic. But I can't just judge one single game based off of five minutes. Got to look at the overall picture. However, in a different line of view, Tatum did have a really good game rebounding the ball creating shot opportunities for other players via assists, playing defense. And this is what I'm talking about. If your shot's not dropping, I talked about this last year against the Warriors too, is, all right, Tatum, if you're going to struggle and the limelight's going to get too much for you, make an impact other ways because Jalen Brown was, you know, balling. I know he had the turnover issues, but he was like your best scorer. Obviously, Marcus Smart, Derek White, uh, Grant Williams at times. If you're not going to make an impact, by putting the ball in the bucket, create havoc on the glass, passing the ball, being a facilitator, playing defense, being versatile on defense, being aggressive on defense. I just heard you know, before I, I got to the shop on, on the radio, uh, Tatum was talking about how his um, about his struggles through three and a half quarters. And he just kept saying how, you know, his teammates were just encouraging him, how, you know, keep shooting, they're gonna fall. But in the meantime, play impact the game, play defense. Uh, facilitate grab boards be be aggressive on the glass and it's just like hearing him say that this team is, is is gelled together this team cares about one another and they know what they need to do and Tatum knows what he needs to do especially when the shots aren't falling so I I, I do have a lot of full faded confidence full faith excuse me faded fate is fated not faded not f-a-d-e fade F-A-I-T-E-D. Is that a word? Faded? Oh, yeah. F-A-T-E-D. Faded. Okay, yeah. Shoot, what was I going to say? I don't remember what, what I was going with that. Anyways, I do think the Celtics can come out and play well. I do think that they could go out and win. Yes, they can play defense. But it's not going to be easy. It's not. Yes, it's the 11th matchup. You should have them figured out, and they should have you figured out as well. But I am nervous, though. Anything can happen in Game 7. Grant Williams last year against Milwaukee had, like, what, 27 points? He had, like, what, uh, like, seven, eight threes? Like, he went berserk. He went crazy. But you have to be aggressive offensively and defensively. Don't let up the gas. This could be your last game of the year. You don't know. I don't know when Game 1 of the next series is going to start, but leave it all out on the court. Don't have any, any 
regrets, any remorse, any what-ifs, any coulds. Uh, just like, you know, the Bruins recently. They fell short. Why? Well, they could have made a goalie change for Game 5, for Game 6, but didn't. Uh, they could have came out more aggressive. They could have rested players better throughout the course of the regular season instead of going for the the record. Like, there's so many what-ifs that they didn't do. And it just leaves you sitting here over the course of the summer watching Florida go up 3 nothing. I think now 3-1 against the Maple Leafs, who you've owned in the playoffs, who you've owned during the season, and be like, damn, that could be us. So don't leave it out. Don't leave nothing for granted. Don't leave nothing for chance. If Tatum, you know, if, if the Celtics lost this game and Tatum had the game that he did last night, through three and a half quarters, he sucks, and then he blows up for the you know, final five minutes, we're going to be sitting here today, you know, on this podcast, on sports radio, you know, and, and just sports media locally and regionally and nationally and saying only if Tatum went three for 16 through three and a half quarters, the Celtics would have won. Only if he hit one more free throw. Only if he made one more shot. Only if he didn't catch fire too late. Only if Al was able to hit that three when he was wide open in the corner. You know, whatever it may be. That's the kind of conversation I don't want to have. That is the conversation I don't want to have. It's, so it's, is it nerve-wracking? Sure, it's game seven. It's the greatest thing. I mean, obviously the Super Bowl is going to give a run for its money. But it's the greatest thing in all sports. Game seven. A series that has been long fought between two rivals with star players on both sides fighting to the absolute end. Game seven. That's where you want to be. And I really do think the Celtics, whether it would be home or in Philadelphia on the road, can do it. They've shown the ability to win close games, blowouts, defensive games, whatever it may be. And... For the sake of Jason Tatum, you know, this up-and-coming young superstar, got to kind of win it. Kind of have to win it because with the 76ers knocked out, it's just like the path is just so easy. The Bucks are gone. It's the Heat and Knicks. Knicks are trying to struggle. Or, actually, hold on. Let me NBA playoff bracket. Let me just kind of see where we're at here. Um... Yeah, it's 3-2 right now uh, between Miami and New York. Whichever of them passes into the next round is going to be an easier opponent in a vacuum over Milwaukee. That's just the truth. Like, Denver just advanced against, not, not to look too far ahead, but, you know, I just want to give you, put it in perspective. Denver just beat Phoenix, and they are advancing. I think you match up similarly to Philadelphia, but, like, I think Philadelphia is probably a better team, in my opinion. Definitely, definitely don't quote me on that. But I definitely would rather go, uh, I'd rather go up against Philly, I, I'd say. Then L.A. and Golden State. Obviously, Golden State's down 3-2. You know, it would be a rematch of last year. Lakers, Celtics, Lakers. I just think in a vacuum, you're better than all three of the remaining Western Conference teams. You're better than the remaining three Eastern Conference teams as well. This is your season. Oh, they're still young. The future. Oh, we can win more in the future. Like, that's the future is now. This isn't 2018. This isn't 2019. It's now. That prime window opened up probably 
in like 2020, 21-ish. Like that, the future, quote-unquote future, is now. And the Celtics need to take control of it. And I think they will. I hope that they do. For my my sports mentality, my sports sanity, I hope that they do. So there's a good Celtics minute here. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. But let's switch over to football because I want to talk about the Patriots and football because the 2023 uh, schedule was finally released for all teams and we have the Patriots. Wonderful 17 games that they're playing over the course of 18 weeks in the regular season. I don't care about the preseason, whatever. So obviously they're going to be playing two against the Jets, the Bills, the Dolphins. One at home, one on the road against each team. They're also going to have the luxurious pleasure to play the NFC East this year and the AFC West this year. Uh, a couple thrown-in thrown games are against the, the Steelers, the Colts, and then their NFC rotational team. Uh, who is it this year? Is it the Saints? The Saints. They're playing one team from the NFC South, and next year will be one team from the NFC North. da 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 the expansion of the 17 weeks from 16. You get the picture. And just in a vacuum, looking at the Patriots' schedule, I don't know how confident I feel in this team. I really don't. I like the moves that they made at the draft. You know, Brain and Juju, I'd rather have Jacoby, but at least Brain and Juju gives you potential. But I am worried about the division. Like, yeah, we could. I'm going to go... And sit through the schedule, win, lose, win, lose. I could miraculously have them ten and seven, right? Just let's just play with it. I could miraculously have them ten and seven. But does that mean they're going to win the division? Does that mean they're gonna get a playoff spot? I mean, who knows? I kinda doubt it. But let, let's let's so I gotta write down win loss. Alright. Week one, opening up against the Philadelphia Eagles. At home for Tom Brady Day, Tom Brady Night. We're gonna Tom Brady's gonna come back. He's gonna be honored. Thank you, thank you, Tom. All that good stuff. It's all glory. It's gonna be great. And that's a game that the Patriots need to win. But are they? I'm gonna say no. I don't think so. I'm gonna try to be as very realistic as possible. I don't wanna. I don't wanna, you know, play around and be like, ah, yeah, yeah, we could see if they do this and this, that. Just in a vacuum. Are they gonna win? Yes or no. And in my opinion, the Eagles are probably the best team in the NFC. They absolutely have the best NFC quarterback. Are they going to beat the reigning NFC champions? Eh, I doubt it. I really do. 
Week two, Dolphins, Sunday night football at Gillette. Um, I think you might be able to catch the Dolphins at a good time before they kind of get rolling, get hot. Maybe two is still feeling a little bit of uh, from the concussions. I'm going to be nice. I'm going to chalk it up as a win. But, of course, I could see them losing this game. At the Jets for week three, Rodgers, you get to see Rodgers for the first time in New York. I'm going to call that a loss. I really, really am. I just, their team overall, without Rodgers, is better than yours. Then you throw Rodgers in the mix. I mean, could the Patriots win? Sure. I mean, they might be able to squeak a way out, but I, I'm not going to hold my breath. Then they go to Dallas to play the Cowboys. Oh, man. That's a sneaky one. That's going to be week four at Dallas. Hmm. I actually really don't know about that one. I'm gonna I'm gonna call it a win. Why not? I mean, if I can't think of a major way that the Patriots are going to lose this game against the Cowboys, then maybe it's a closer game than I thought. Maybe your maybe you know your defensive line just is better. Whatever. Just win. Saints week five. I'm gonna call that a win. That's in Foxborough. Then you go to Vegas for week six to play the Raiders. I mean, you should have won it last year. I still think you're a better team overall. They got Jimmy G, which is nice. Okay, fine. I'll call us a win. Through six weeks, though, I have the Patriots at 4-2. and two. I just don't see that happening. I really don't. There's definitely going to be a game where you should win and you lose, and there's going to be a game where you should win and you or should lose and you're going to win. That's going to happen. But through six weeks, I have them at 4-2. and two. That's kind of promising, not going to lie. Again, this is just in a vacuum as it stands right now. Will that stand? I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. But let's just keep going. Um, Bills, whether it's home or away, that's a loss. At Dolphins, that's going to be a loss. Versus Commanders, that should be a win. Colts in Germany? Hmm. I mean, they'll have CJ Stroud. But that team still has a lot of work to be done. No, wait, they don't have CJ. No, I'm sorry. They have Anthony Richardson. Excuse me. Anthony Richardson. Should be a win. I mean, he might not even be the starting quarterback. Maybe he is, but I'm going to count it as a win. Then you get your bye week, week 11. Then week 12 at New York against the Giants. Interesting. Very, very interesting. Um... Let's see, right now they're six and four in my world. Are the Giants better than the Patriots overall? I don't think so. So I will call that a win, but it's not a it's similar to the Raiders. I don't really like it. Versus the Chargers at home week 13 should be a win. At Steelers, Thursday night football. Ugh. That's that's gonna be a gritty game. I'll call it a win. I don't like it though. Versus Chiefs for Monday night football, that's a loss. At Broncos on Christmas Eve, I don't like it, but I'm going to call it a win. Versus Bills versus Jets, I'm going to go lost, lost, end the seat. Oh, wow, 10-7. and seven. Look at that. That's so funny. I, I didn't plan this out before, as you guys could probably tell by the voice of how I'm talking and going about this. I This is the first time I'm looking at it. 10-7 was just kind of in your blind, but again... There's going to be a couple games that you win that you should lose, and there's going to be a couple games that you lose that you should win. I mean, anywhere from 8 and 9 
to 10 and 7 is probably their window. I think 10 and 7 is the absolute cap. But now that we know the schedule, it gives you a better idea of, all right, yeah, they could lose that game against the Saints, but I have them winning. They could lose that game against the Raiders, but I have them winning. They could lose that game against the Colts, but I have them winning. So there you go. There's 7 and 10. Like, there's a bunch of that. Like, I mean, I could eat. There is a, a world where I see them going 5 and 12. Like, if we just play it again, win, loss, all those fi- like coin flip games, let's just call them losses. Eagles, loss. Dolphins, loss. Jets, loss. Cowboys, loss. Maybe this might be a bunch of losses. Saints, they should win that game at home. So I guess I'll just call it a win. At Raiders, loss. Through six weeks now, now they're one and five. Bills, loss. Dolphins, loss. Commanders, win. Colts, should be a win. Giants, let's call it a loss. Chargers should be a win, but I'm going to call it a loss. Steelers, uh, lot Steelers, right? Loss. Chiefs, loss. Broncos, call it a win, and then loss, loss to end the season. That's four and thirteen. I was close. Could call the Broncos a loss. You could call the Chargers a win. Or maybe I did call the Chargers a win. I don't remember. Whatever. You see the point here. Like, the floor is so much lower for the Patriots this year. Just kind of spitballing again, 4-13. and 13. In comparative to the ceiling being high, which I think their ceiling is 10-7. and seven. I really, really do. So it's just like, you don't feel good about it. But you can you see a world where, okay, maybe they can squeak 11-6. and six. Highly unlikely. Maybe they can get 10 and 7. Kind of unlikely. 4 and 13 should be very unlikely. But again, it's possible. It is possible. And that absolutely terrifies me. It really, really does. And here is the Patriots' strength of schedule. Patriots have the toughest schedule of any NFL team in 2023 based on the metrics from Sharp Football Analysis. I feel like every team. Is like, oh, they got the toughest strength of schedule. New England's opponents in 2023 have a combined 127-107 to 3 record, 53.5 winning percentage from last season. That is including 9 teams with a record of 500 or better, so at least 9 teams finished 9-8 and eight last year. 5 teams with double-digit wins, so of those 9 teams, 5 of them had at least 10 wins. Seven playoff teams, three divisional winners, Bills, Chiefs, uh, who won the the Giants? No, Eagles. Eagles. Uh, those were your divisional winners. And then both Super Bowl 57 participants. Toughest test. Regardless of where the game is played, facing both the Eagles and Chiefs in the same season feels like a um, Herculean task as does a home-and-home home with the Bills, the three teams with the best NFL record from 2022. Two games that could determine the course of the season, Giants and Cowboys, are both on the road. The Jets have a new quarterback in Aaron Rodgers, and it's possible Jones is now the worst quarterback in the division. As it stands, as much as I love Mac Jones, as much as I've supported him, and I continue, and I will continue to do so, he is the worst quarterback out of the bunch. Obviously, there's a huge asterisk with Tua and the Dolphins situation, 
as it stands right now, though. That's just the truth. Biggest breaks. Is it a, quote, break to face both the defending Super Bowl 57 participants at home? At the very least, the Chiefs and Eagles have to travel to take on the Patriots in Gillette. The Broncos, Raiders, and Steelers, all road opponents this year, seem like winnable games. Very true. While New England also hosts the Saints and Commanders, the Patriots also need to take advantage of the Colts game, which takes place in Germany. So, like, there's a bunch of games that are going to be swing games. I, I mentioned it when I first went through the win-loss. Like, Eagles could be coming off a Super Bowl high. They have to wait another week or so to open up again, you know, their home field to kind of, you know, celebrate last season. But, like, all right, that's last. Let's focus on this year kind of a thing. Plus, it's Tom Brady night. So, it's like, you know, there could be a little extra juice in the building. Saints, Commanders, Colts, Broncos, Raiders, Steelers are all coin flip games. If they win them all, that's one, two, three, four, five, six wins right there. That's already better <clears throat> than my little fun win loss thing that I did when it was four and thirteen. The kind of coin flipable coin flippable games just call them losses. Again, Chargers, Giants, Commanders, uh no. Did I already count? Yeah. Giants, Cowboys. Uh, who else I want to throw in there? One against the Dolphins. They're all coin flippable games as well. Say you win three of those, that's nine wins right there. That's nine wins. But where am I going to find two more to get them over that ten, uh, that 11-win hump? I don't know if I can find two more. I really don't. Maybe one against the Jets, but that's only ten. Bottom line. Things won't get easier for Belichick and company in 2023 as they face the toughest of any NFL schedule this year. The Patriots will need to win some games in which they're not favored if they want to make the playoffs. Very true. But games versus Bills, Chiefs, and Eagles seem insurmountable at the moment. Very true. A resurgent Jets team could pose new problems in the AFC as well. It's tough to count out Belichick coach team and the offense should see an improvement with the new coordinator and O'Brien. The Patriots must win the games they're expected to win, but the season could hinge on, a game, on games at the Giants and Cowboys, among others. Um, let's see, this article's prediction, is it written by anyone? Zach Al-Khatib from 14 hours ago. He predicts the Patriots to finish 8-9 and nine this year. So, very close. I mean, I had them at 10-7. and seven. I kind of gave them an extra couple winnable games. But again, those 10 games right there that are quote-unquote wins, you know, one against the Jets, one against the Dolphins, the, the Chargers, Giants, Steelers, Broncos, Commanders, Colts, Raiders, Saints, Cowboys, I think I said them twice. Eagles, I think I even threw in there. Those could all be losses, and none of us would be surprised. It'd be so disheartening, so concerning, so upsetting, but it wouldn't be a surprise. I think it would be more of a surprise if the Patriots win more than 10 games than if they do win less than 7. If they finish 5-12, and 12, would anybody be surprised? Probably not. If they win 12 games... Would you be surprised? Absolutely. It's just too many different things are stacked against them. In turn, it leaves me very concerned. It should leave you very concerned as well. I'm hoping that if they can get 9 and 8, 10 and 7, they're in that playoff fringe ballpark. So it, it, it's going to be a really tough, interesting, and hopefully fun season this year for the Patriots. I really, really do. But that is going to wrap it up for today's episode, guys. I know another shorter episode today, but that's okay. It just keeps everything compressed and compact so you can kind of go about, get your sports influx take from me. 
and then carry on with your day later on. But that is going to wrap it up for today's episode, guys. Thank you so much for joining me for episode number 191 of Murph's Boston Sports Talk. I greatly appreciate all the love and support. If you're listening to this on audio-only platforms, thank you so much for downloading, listening, and enjoying. Of course, you can find Murph's Boston Sports Talk on Spotify, Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, Amazon Music, Stitcher, Radio Public, anywhere you find your podcast, you can find Murph's Boston Sports Talk. And if you're listening to this episode on YouTube, thank you so much for clicking on the video. Please make sure you comment down below. I want to know your thoughts about today's matters. Like the video. And if you haven't already or if you haven't considered subscribing, please smash that subscribe button. I would greatly appreciate the love and support that way. If you want to reach out to me via social media, you can reach out to me at Town on Twitter, Instagram, and of course, Facebook. But like I said, that will wrap it up for today's episode. I cannot wait for the next one. Enjoy the wonderful weather that we're having. But between now and then, you guys know that I love you and I will always, always see you. Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.